Now I want to go to Psalm 1, please. Boy, I'm going to have to preach fast, aren't I? If you'll listen fast, I'll preach fast. Amen. I'm glad we have our services early on Sunday. We don't have to be in any hurry. God's in no hurry. Stand with me as we read the first psalm. It's a marvelous psalm. I quote it almost every day of my life. I quote it by memory. Almost every day of my life. And it's a marvelous, marvelous psalm that is the introduction to all the other psalms. And as Matthew Henry, I agree with him fully that this psalm was put in the right place to typify the whole rest of all the psalms. Three verses talking about the blessed man and three verses talking about the cursed man. Let's read it together in unison and then we'll sit down. Pausing wherever there's a punctuation mark, if we can try to stay together, let us do that, please. As we read Psalm 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Our Father, bless, continue to bless. We've already preached a lot. We've sung a lot. And dear Lord, we've given a lot of announcements which we felt like were necessary to encourage our people to come to the meetings. Bless every bit of it, our Father. Bless those that our overseas now, our, our troops in Iraq and some of these going to Afghanistan. Dear God, bless these different ones. In a special way, Lord, be with them. And as they hear these tapes, we pray that they would be a great blessing to them in their place of service. Some away from their families and some are single. And they're still away from their families in regard to their parents and brothers and sisters and grandparents. So, Lord, we praise Thee for Thy Word. Bless it now as we consider a few things about this first psalm. And we'll give Thee praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We see two men here, the blessed man and the cursed man. But the very first thing that's brought up, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Why do we need His Baptist churches? Why do we need the holy, independent, separated Baptist churches of America? Because there's a lot of information out there coming from all different crazy sources. There's a lot of counsel being given that is not biblical. There are a lot of sweet Christians who love the Lord and are saved and born again just as much as you and I are, and yet they're so deceived by men who are not even, called, not even preachers, but they're psychologists. People are, I'm almost convinced that in many of the circles that these people are more enthralled and more excited and, and emulate more and lift up more men who are, are not the pastors of their churches, 
and give their allegiance more and their attention more and their focus more to men halfway across the country or around the world and possibly have never even met these men and we better check everything and make sure all their counsel is according to the Holy Scriptures. Blessed or happy is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. They're really not like God, or their counsel is not godly. There's danger. Whoever you're listening to, you make sure that it's in accordance with the Scripture. See, you don't, you've not lived with that person. You do not know if even that preacher is saved or not. You really don't know. Lucifer, as an angel of light, comes and speaks to so many different people. You better seek only to the right counsel. And you better come to the book and check everything by the book. The second one is, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And there's many verses in the scripture about the way. Look at Proverbs 15, 9 through 12. Proverbs 15, 9 through 12. The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord. But he loveth him that followeth after righteousness. Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way. Do you see the way? Here we have in our verse the way of the wicked in verse 9 of Proverbs chapter 15. And then verse 10 says, Forsaketh the way, and he that hateth reproof shall die. Hell and destruction are before the Lord. How much more then? the heart of the children of men. And then he goes on. Look what it says. A scorner loveth not one that reproveth him. Neither will he go unto the wise. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but sorrow. By sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge. But the mouth of fools feed on foolishness. All the days of the afflicted are evil. But he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Do you see that about the way? Nor walketh in the way of sinners. And then the last one, you see the downward progression. Then the last one is scorning. And look what it says in verse 12. A scorner loveth not. One that reproveth him. How do you take reproof? A scorner doesn't want to be reproved. He wants his own way. I think a scorner, in reality, is... We sure had him, didn't we, Brother Boohorn, tonight, going to this door. This fellow was half drunk. I said, you don't want to go to hell, do you? And he said, yes, I do. Half drunk. After a little bit, he was criticizing the guy for picking up the bottles of beer in there, and the guy inside, the guys inside thought he was crazy. He was at the door crazy. And after a couple minutes, he was acting like he was a, a 
on his guitar, you know, acting like he said, there's going to be heavy metal in hell. I said, there'll be, there'll be no water in hell for you. I don't think I told him that. I was going to tell him that. I gave him Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Say, well, don't cast your pearls before swine. Well, I thought the other fellows inside had more sense than him, and I knew they'd get a little something. Use wisdom in your soul winning. He stayed at the door. Gave him Ephesians 2, 8, 9. God saved him, many a drunk while they were under the influence of alcohol. If you don't feel led of the Lord to deal with someone under who's drunk, uh, well, just don't do it if that, the Lord leads you. But I, I talk to anybody that listens. Now, I won't spend too much time with them, too much time on them, because you can waste your time. But that guy is just plumb full of the devil's brew. Wicked is the devil. Here we have, don't what? The seat of the scornful. You see, it's walking, then standing, and then finally sitting. Sitting in the seat of the scornful. But what does it say his delight is in? His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Meditate is to murmur to, uh, in pleasure. Murmur in pleasure. Ponder, to mutter, to speak, to talk, to utter, to study, to converse with oneself. Or reflection, meditation, prayer, devotion. That's what meditate in. They say it's like a, a cow and he eats the, uh, eats the grass and then he sits down under a tree and he has four stomachs and he, he, uh, re, he throws this up and then he chews it again. That's why the milk is so pure you can even give it to a baby. It's, it has four stomachs. That's why we, uh, by the way that uh, some of these other beasts are not clean because they don't have four stomachs and they don't, isn't that what it says, chew the cud? They're supposed to chew the cud if they're to be a clean beast. And be cloven foot, not like the horse with a round hoof. Wait, that's why we don't eat horse meat or camel meat. Camels, aren't they round hoofed? Clean, clean. They have four stomachs, and we're to meditate. That's, that's what you do, is you, you take something in, and then you, you think it, rethink it, and rethink it, and rethink it. And here's what it says. It says in the Scriptures, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night, and that's all you have is day and night? The blessed man will be meditating on the songs that we sang at camp day and night, and then the songs we sing on Sunday, day and night, and on the scriptures they read in the morning, day and night, and then the uh, scriptures you read in your family devotions, day and night. You need to rethink things. Rethink things. Mull them over. You're thinking. Scorners. No, we ought to be meditating. And then what will he be? The blessed man will be like a tree. He'll be strong. I've said this many times, but I'm telling you, you can take a, you can take a Mercedes Benz or a, uh, you can take that big Lincoln of brother, that brother Hugh Wall drove this morning. I said, my, nice to see that big Lincoln out here. You can take that big Lincoln and you find you a big oak tree around here and you, you see which one will win. I'm telling you that 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 beautiful, uh, beautiful Lincoln will be nothing but nothing. You better get out of it before it hits the tree too. I mean that big oak will shake, but it'll shake that Lincoln all to pieces. 
Why? Because it's, it, they say almost as many, as big as the, the branches are on the tree, so under the ground is the, the root work. And it's, it's rooted. We need to be like that as a Christian. We need to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And if it's by the rivers of water, it goes out with its tentacles, its roots, to get that water from the stream. And it stays fruitful all the time. If it's that type of tree, it'll be green all the time. And then what? It'll bring forth its fruit regularly because it has continual water. Continual water. That's why my fig trees, I think that's the only reason my fig tree is, is blossoming again. I don't know what happened to the first crop. Maybe it just fell all off, but it's, it's, it's coming again. So one year, I think I had three, three times, but it, my, my uh, fig tree... My fig tree is right, did I say figs before? My fig tree is right by my air conditioner. And so the water from the air conditioner goes right down in this little thing, right near the tree, and it gets water all the time. It's like a little river there in the hot summertime of Texas. And boy, that, that tree is just full of figs every year, almost every year. Now, that's not true, my peach trees. But oh, that one peach tree this year. Man, I got a couple bushel off that thing. I picked the last of them yesterday. And who knows? Tonight after the service, you might get a couple. I don't know. My wife's going to give a few out. She can't get all of you, so if you didn't get any, we'll get you next year or when the other trees blossom, if they ever do anything. But I never saw such beautiful peaches in all my life. Right in my front yard. My wife let me plant it in the front yard because it was a, a flowering, flowering tree. What do I care about flowers? I want the peaches. But she said it'd be okay. And it is a beautiful tree. And oh, it's more beautiful when those peaches are just hanging all over the place. There's one thing up there. It's still up there. There must be seven peaches in that one little area there. Seven of them. Just in a big clump. Never saw that before the most beautiful peaches. But what? That tree is rooted. And I'll tell you what, that tree as old as it is, if you get a real, a lot older tree, and that root system on that thing will be so deep, you, you go try to pull that thing out of there. I, have you ever tried to pull just a little bush? I mean, it may, may be pretty good size, but I mean, it's a bush. It's not even a tree. You ever try to pull those things out of the ground, you about break your neck, your back, everything about you trying to pull that thing out. Why? It's rooted. It's in there, and it's been there for years. And so that tree, that's what we need. We need strong Christians. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, but be like a tree. And be like a tree that's planted by the water, so it'll have fruit in its season. What else does it say about that? Bringeth fruit in, his fruit in his season, and his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The godly, righteous, blessed man will be fruitful and will be steadfast. He'll be always abounding in the work of the Lord because he's planted. His doctrine is right. Tries to flee from evil. Because he's meditating day and night on the word of God. Do you know what I'm convinced today? We're getting to this stage with our internet and with the TV 
and the filth and the theater and all the rest. They couldn't get us to go to the theater, so they brought the theater into the home. And all this, the time is coming, if not very soon approaching America, when we'll be almost like in the time of Lot. The very imaginations of their hearts will be continually evil. You can't, you can't go shopping and not see flesh everywhere, not at this time of year around here. And we, as we said this morning, now we're getting to this bare belly stuff, whatever that's called. Just the other week I said, I said boy, isn't it a shame we have, have to have girls looking like that around here? And the one fellow, that was over Home Depot or Lowe's, one of the two places. And he agreed. The guy agreed. You know, if these fellows are happily married to their wife, they don't want to see some other girl running around with half their clothes on. They love their wife. They want to have a happy home. They don't want something flaunting her body all over the place in front of them. They want to think about spiritual things or think about nice things like their daughter and their son and their family and God and the Bible and the things that are good and pure and holy. How can you do that when it's all, it's, they're dressed almost like a harlot Amen. right in our mall? In, in 50, uh, 70, 80, 90 years ago, they would have been, it would have been indecent exposure. Before the Second World War. I'm telling you, they didn't approve of this the way these girls dress. And now they want to come and dress that way in church. It's a shame. And I want to get back to that business of pants on women. I thought about writing a track. It either is an abomination or it's not. And if it's an abomination, dear brother, if it is, it's very serious. There's nothing to laugh about it. And everybody wants to laugh about it. It's not funny. Abomination is a very strong word. It's the unnatural. It is unnatural for you young men to, to walk around in a dress with pantyhose and high heels. Some of these idiots do that out in California already. Amen? A bunch of quacks. They'll lock them in jail. Now they're letting them out of jail. I heard they're going to let 800 out of jail because of this recent declaration about perversion. 800! They're letting them out of jail. Well, why didn't they let all the ones who were in there for perjury out when our president perjured himself under oath? Because our country is so degenerate. There's no hope but a revival from Almighty God. Amen. Our country is so sad to even vote a man in there. And he, the first week in there, he sanctioned the perverts. I'm not talking about our present president. I'm talking about the one who's out. And I believe we got financial prosperity, whether you think so or not. But we sure lost our morals. We got what we wanted, but lost what we had. A lot of people do that. Isn't there a scripture verse that says something like that? That they got, got what they wanted, but sent, God sent leanness to their soul. It's not quite like that, but sent leanness to their soul. Mm -hmm. And we better be careful when our bellies are filled and everything we prospering, that's a dangerous place to be. You'll feel like you don't need God. I mean, it's a sad day when we went over those houses tonight before the service, dear Brother Buhorn. It is a sad day when a grandmother who needs some hair on her head 
She was almost as short of hair as me, sitting way back there, grandkids out here, probably the daughter or daughter over there in Iraq, instead of being with her own babies. And grandma said, if it's anything to do with church, I don't want it. I, uh, we're not interested. Well, I felt like going, to you too. I didn't do that. I mean, what a bunch of, what kind of a grandma is that? with church. Is that what she said, Brother Boone? We don't want it. We're not interested. I felt like, you better get interested! Meet God for these grandkids! They burn in the flames of hell because of your wickedness, woman! I didn't do that. I was a nice boy. I was proud of my wife's husband. But I'll tell you what, I sure wanted to act differently about it. I mean, the first row of houses we went to, boy, they didn't want anything to do with God, but praise God, the last house, the fellow said, well, I'll drive you up there to your, your car if it starts raining. He said, I need to go to church. He said, I didn't go this morning. He acted like, well, uh, if our church had been later, he'd have got his wife right ready and come tonight. He only had 15 minutes left. He was a Baptist from Oklahoma, and he wants to come to church. He's going to NTC next week for... 35, 40 days, I guess. He thought he needed God. He thought he needed church. I'll tell you what. You know what I sense across this country? I may be wrong. I hope I am wrong. I, listen, I hope I'm wrong. I've sensed in the last six months, I don't know what's going on, but I sense that there's a real lack of concern. We went over there, and they were halfway presentable yesterday. We were over there at Pershing Park. They opened the gates up and we went driving on in. We better get back on this fort. They were fairly receptive, but I think they were surprised we were at the doors. Thank the Lord they didn't call the MPs on us. But I'll tell you what, I'm thankful the people were halfway sensible toward us. But I, I, I tell you, there's a lot of lack of concern about the things of God. And when we get people that are unconcerned enough, and we're gonna, and all they want is pleasure. We're gonna be in trouble. When they don't care anything about their soul, I'm telling you, we're gonna get in a bad day. And you're gonna find a lot of them up in Canada. Amen. They need help. And all those Jews, you're gonna find. You're going to a hard field. God have to hit me over the head four or five times before I ever go to that crowd. They're plumb mean. I don't like my wife's husband being spit on. You know what they did over a guy who went over there to Israel? They rocked his car. They literally rocked his car up here in Waco. He goes to the church in Waco. He's a missionary over there to Israel itself. I mean, they literally rocked his car. Now, don't tell me those Jews don't need God. They need Christ, Jesus, our Savior. They don't have the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, although they think they do. Amen? They'd act like Jesus if they had him. Amen? They had God Almighty. That drunk, he sure didn't understand, did he, Brother Bullhorn, that Jesus is God. But he heard that, and he was like, what? I thought he was his son. Oh, he's God. Hallelujah, he's God. We gave him a couple verses in his drunken stupor. I think he really got stupid. Really, he was like, hmm? Before he went to his banjo playing, what a drip he was. But God can save him. There's been others that have mocked preachers and got saved. 
I've told you before about a fellow, I think that's the same fellow that has my name, John Harvey. And he went out there to mock this fellow out at the street corner. He was literally mocking him. And the fellow, after the, after the a street preaching, and he, the fellow invited him over to his house. He went over to his house for refreshments, and the man led him to Christ. He got saved <laughs> by the same fellow, through the same fellow that he was mocking. You don't know what's in the heart of some of these people. Maybe they just dealt with the Mormons or the JWs or someone else. You have no idea. Just be as patient as you can be with people, but be forthright and true to them. All right. Well, we don't have time for the ungodly, but we'll just read it and make a comment or two, and that'll be it. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff, which the wind driveth away. In other words, they're like the chaff, that, that which is left over after the grain's all picked. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. There'll be a great separation one day. Nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Here's the blessed man and here's the cursed man. Here's the righteous man and the unrighteous man. Here's the godly man and the ungodly man. Which one are you going to be like? Let's bring everything to God in prayer. Pray about everything. Everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Let's pray. Father, bless, we pray. Help us to learn to meditate. Dear Lord, we've heard this portion of Scripture given so many times, and yet how wonderful it is. Teach us to meditate. Teach us to be the godly one. Help us to realize line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. May we just go over these blessed truths, and may we, dear Lord, take them to heart. Yield to Thee in every way. Dear Lord, we want to thank Thee for answered prayer. Thank Thee that young girl who was at camp who didn't get saved was here this morning. We thank Thee for that. Speak to her heart. Work in others' hearts. Do an eternal work in our heart, our Father. 